Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity, or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. and welcome to Bewilderbeats. I'm your host, Melissa McKee McGrath, recording 3,551 miles or 5,715 kilometers from, and this is my favorite one so far, the free and Hanseatic city of Hamburg, Germany. Today on Bewilderbeats, we have an invasive tree, murdering bug, poisonous poop, and delicious, delicious vomit. Y'all, I'm not even sorry. All right, let's go. everyone, it's been a month since recording for me because at the end of March, I just banged out all of April's episodes. So we are in the home stretch, everyone, the last few episodes of this season before summer break. I probably won't even be recording all at once again, but I do have the next Patreon episode already picked out thanks to two listeners, Christy and May. And this is going to be about a little hero dog named Patron. And you may have heard about him. He's saving lives in Ukraine while the Ukrainian nation and people are under constant attack and bombardment from Russia. That'll be May's Patreon episode. April's was about a monkey who saved the Today Show in the 1950s. So if you're a Patreon member and you are not getting your episodes for any reason, just drop me a line. I want to make sure that RSS feed is working for you before I take off on break at the end of May. I know it can be really confusing sometimes with different apps and listening devices and all of it, so please do not hesitate at all if you need anything. A little bit more housekeeping. I was on an awesome episode of For the Love of Nature. For the Love of Nature with Laura and Katie. Um, it is my daughter's favorite show, and it's funny that it's not mine. <laughs> not, no, it, it's one of my favorite shows. It, I mean, it's my show isn't my daughter's favorite show. And for that, I'm a little sad, but I get it. <laughs> Laura and Katie are awesome. And what they do is they cover nature from a variety of perspectives. They're funny. They're great. Um, my nine-year-old listens to it. There are episodes on sex and bacteria. They do have a really good time. Most of the adult humor goes over kids' heads. So I think for the most part, you guys will be safe to listen. There's the occasional swearing. Um, but for the most part, it's something that I think my kiddo likes and listens, and it gets her excited about science and nature, and I love these hosts as well. On that particular episode, we actually got to talk about um, how nature is unfortunately gendered in the way that we bring our children out into nature, the ways that um, it, culturally, at least in the U.S., what the way that boys handle nature and the way that girls are taught to handle nature the way that our brains are mapped. It's a really interesting discussion. And especially for me coming from a city, but growing up in the country, 
and Laura and Katie have their own perspectives. It was just a really fun conversation. Their episodes that they do where they focus on one topic are really fascinating. I love the episodes where it's just Laura and Katie, but being invited to be part of that show was awesome. And it might have actually made me a little cooler to my kids. So for that, Laura and Katie, mwah. Thank you so much. You guys go listen to Lauren Katie's For the Love of Nature. Let's just get into today's episode. We are finally diving into something that just keeps popping up from time to time in my feeds. It's an invasive little bugger who has 46 counties in Pennsylvania under a quarantine and why its poisonous poop is ending up in sweet treats all over this great land. Yep, you heard that right. Let's go to the city of brotherly love for a horror story, gross bodily functions, and something sweet. This one is really gross, you've been warned, but really funny. I hope you enjoy it. All right, let's go. In 2019, 14 counties in Pennsylvania were under actual quarantine. Hipster quarantine before the rest of us were doing it across the country and the globe. A few weeks later, five counties in New Jersey followed suit. Today, as of this recording on 4-22-2021, 45 of Pennsylvania's 67 counties are still in quarantine from a very dangerous threat. Every article of clothing, box, personal effects, everything has to be inspected very carefully for evidence in these counties, and it's been going on for years. Every time someone in Pennsylvania has to get into their car, they have to make sure that they don't have an unexpected passenger. They have to check the back seat of their car, like they tell you in those urban legends that circulate on Facebook that are meant to scare single women in parking lots. But you don't just check the back seat. You have to check the entire car before you put the key in the ignition. This has to be checked because the villain of this story can hold on to a car at over 65 miles an hour, completely undetected from the driver. But it's okay. Their poop tastes delicious. Ew. That's not the grossest thing I'm going to say in this episode. We will get to it. Who is this mysterious, villainous, yummy pooper and dangerous plant life killer? The spotted lantern fly. Which, can I just take a minute to say, this is actually, if you Google the images of this, it is a beautiful moth-like insect. But this is not a moth. As a wee baby insect, it is a black-bodied bug with white spots all over its body. It's almost like if a kid were to design a bug in kindergarten. It ages up to a red body with spots, which is easier to see, but still quite deadly. And it's not done with its costume changes yet. As an adult, it transforms like Lady Gaga in the third dress of the Grammys. A white body with black spots and a really pretty underwing red color. But do not... And I repeat, do not let its cute looks fool you. Pennsylvanians in 46 counties, much of New Jersey, Ohio, Maryland, and other states in the U.S.'s mid-Atlantic, are basically trained LFAs. These are lanternfly assassins. And do not think that this insect is cute. There are whole YouTube tutorials on how to kill, trap, contain, and report the Tecumseh Sherman of tree sap. This lanternfly walked into the mid-Atlantic states, started something, and the U.S.'s northeast region are not taking prisoners. Not in our house, not in the house of Rocky Balboa in Pennsylvania, Muhammad Ali in New Jersey, and good God, don't even come at the good people of Maryland. They had the wire, y'all. They are not messing around. But what's this about delicious poop? 
Still not the grossest thing I'm going to say in this episode, and we will get to it. Well, first, we have to get into why the lanternfly is such a devastating little bugger. The spotted lanternfly is an invasive species in the United States where it is decimating plant life and trees that don't yet have defenses against this particular bug. When I googled, quote, why is lanternfly problematic, which is not the first time I've had to google why something or usually someone is problematic, the first few sneak peeks of news articles included the following statements verbatim. Causes serious damage, including oozing sap, wilting, leaf curling, and dieback in trees, vines, crops, and many other types of plants. Their poop is poisonous to trees. Their spread is potentially detrimental to the health of the plants that they feed on in their introduced ranges. It secretes honeydew, a sugary water, around its feeding site that causes the growth of black mold and attracts other insects and ants and wasps. Ew. That sounds so gross. Poisonous poop, honeydew secretions making black mold happen. Ew. Still not the grossest thing I'm going to say. And damages crops? Okay, lots of things damage crops. How bad can this one-incher insect, the SLF to the Bug World Insiders, actually be? Well, I'm going to read right from the Pennsylvania State Extension page for the grossest thing I'm going to say, or maybe said ever, and I quote, <coughs> Me, 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 me. The spotted lanternfly uses its piercing-sucking mouth part to feed on sap from over 70 different plant species. Ew. Piercing, sucking, mouth part. Ew. Oh, y'all, it gets worse. As SLF feeds, the insect excretes honeydew, a sugary substance. The honeydew then builds up and promotes the growth for sooty mold, fungi, which can cover the plant, forest, understories, patio, furniture, kids' play structures, trees, lumber, cement, walls, stones, fences, cars, bikes, playground structures, vertical spaces of any kind, boats, 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 rocks, 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 probably your actual person if you can stand still longer than seven seconds. Really, I think at this point it's easier to just mention all the places it cannot lay eggs or spread mold. Speaking of eggs, they start laying egg rows, starting in September, and protect them with excretion. Ew! Okay, that's gross and dangerous. But TLDR, basically what this is all saying is that they suck the sap out of the tree and then poison poop all over it, which can also attract black mold. Ew! They then lay 50 babies cover it in waxy substances that look like a puffy shaving cream or wet mud to hide their young for weeks. Then later, 50 new babies of this dangerous insect emerge, and things can get out of hand quickly because math. Especially for the worst thing that they do, they of course prefer plants that are a boon to the economy. Maple trees, like maple syrup industry, is taking a hit. We just did Maple Weekend here up in Maine, and to think that we couldn't taste 100 mini cups of syrup samples in a single day, getting more and more sugar jittery in the course of a morning because a little bug has taken over and killed maple trees, that would be such a huge bummer. Apple trees. Well, apple picking weekends would be way less fun and without, well, apples. Oh, and apple ciders are also taking a hit. Hardwood trees. 
the cost of lumber is already going up without the SLF, and it's not going to get better with fewer trees for building because this insect is killing them. And two of the biggest industries are at significant risk, grape vineyards and hops. Oh no, 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 no. Penn State researchers confirmed that Pennsylvania's $4.8 billion booze industry is at risk should these pests continue to do plant murders unabated. Sorry, <laughs> I need a minute. No! Okay, Lanternfly, you come at our wood, at our fruit, at our Pennsylvania with their Great Eagle grocery trains, but you do not, and I repeat, do not come for wine and beer. In Boston, when the COVID lockdowns happened, our governor said only essential businesses could stay open. And for Boston, that very short list included hospitals, police, fire, gas stations, grocery stores, liquor stores, and Dunkin' Donuts. Everything else was completely shut down. Everything. Lanternfly, this means war. One company in particular, Viking, is offering a quote free lanternfly scraper in areas that are infested by the lanternfly. But to me, this scraper does just look like a large stiff business card with the word Viking across the front which is fantastic for advertising, especially considering that Viking is a pest control company. So how does this egg remover work? Well, the eggs are laid in a bundle called a mass, ew, and it's about one inch long and resembles a mud schmear. People can use the scraper to get all the eggs off of where they lay. Anyway, find the mud looking egg mass, not as gross as pure sucking mouth part I'll put out there, Put that in a plastic bag using gloves and a lot of hand sanitizer. Good thing we still have that kicking around still. And then you just like light that stuff on fire and report it to Penn State. Eh, don't light it on fire. It's probably fine if you just dump it in alcohol that you can get from the liquor store if you're in Boston during the first week of COVID. There are YouTube videos on creative methods of dispatching this horror movie bug. Once you find a lanternfly at any state, which people in the mid-Atlantic are really good at finding now, you not only get to check a square off of your lanternfly bingo card, but you also have to call the authorities. But as the official Philadelphia Police Twitter page would like to remind you all, they have a blue check mark and everything. They are not the authorities to call. I'm assuming a lot of people were confused. Quote, Please do not call 911 to report hashtag spotted lanternfly sightings. While they are a nuisance, they are not a police issue. And on that note, we for one would like to welcome our new insect overlords. End quote from the Philadelphia PD Twitter. Instead of Philly PD, lanternfly sightings have to be reported to the bug experts at Penn State. They're using crowdsourced information to try to stop this spread. Crowdsourcing is awesome. So while the spotted lanternfly is an invasive species, it's also rather misnamed. They do not fly around so much as they do jump, up to three meters high. Nightmare fuel, y'all. Nightmare fuel. Cue the Alfred Hitchcock music. If I can get it without copyright violation. If not, there'll be something else under here entirely. 
Anyway, this one inch pest can leap up to three meters. That is two Danny DeVitos, almost two full refrigerators on top of each other and over the height of a typical Christmas tree. That is three meters high and this lanternfly can just jump it without their wings. So yeah, their legs are like mega swole. So goals? But when the world gives you a villain, that's weapons include poisonous poop, black mold attracting fungus, and leaves the remains of vineyards, maple trees, apple orchards, and hardwood lumber industries, and the sad hops suffering and dying where they once proudly stood tall, one hero rises from the rest to make something good from the devastation. It's not Rocky Balboa or Jimmy and Bunk from The Wire. It's the next best thing. It's our old friend, the honeybee. Yep, the very same critters who twerk murder murder hornets and can find landmines in Croatia are doing the Lord's work by taking lanternfly poison poop lemons and turning it into lemonade. Well, honey. And yes, for $14 plus shipping and handling, you can also buy lanternfly poison poop honey. <laughs> still doesn't sound right. I've written it 600 times. I cannot get that sentence to sound good at all, but it sounds delicious. So let's get to the scoop on the lanternfly poison poop, which is then vomited by bees to put on your toast or in your tea. That's it. That's the grossest thing I've said today. Okay, so how does this happen? Bees have found the honeydew. Remember that? That's the excretion left by the lanternfly. Ew. That same excretion that attracts fungus, ants, wasps, and <gasps> bees. Honeydew is an unfortunately pleasant name for lanternfly excrement, fecal matter, bug poop. And bees are doing some equally gross things to it to make it delicious to us. Basically, they do what they do with any honey. They swallow it, vomit it up, make honey, and then we eat it. So kids, remember in math, two negatives equal a positive. All right, so how does this work? The same Pennsylvania state folk that we are supposed to report lanternfly sightings to started getting strange reports, Stranger Things-style reports of a darker, thicker, smokier honey that was oozing out of Pennsylvania in the same region as all the lanternfly sightings. Because science is cool, the researchers were able to do DNA tests on honey samples and taste tests too, I'm guessing, because how else would they know that it was smokier, earthier, etc. -er. Anyway, the DNA test revealed in a Moripovich manner that the regular flowers and tree blossoms were not the father, but instead the sugar profiles of this honey matched another invasive species, the tree of heaven, which just so happens to be the very same tree that lanternflies, while they are generally not very picky, will go to chow downtown for on the tree of heaven if given a chance. It is their favorite. But how does this tree of heaven, a tree that doesn't make nectar for bees to eat, end up in this new honey? Remember how the MO for the lanternfly does its plant and tree murder thing? It eats the sap that weeps from the wounds of the tree and plant while it dies. And now, kids, this is a murder podcast. <laughs> Sorry. 
and the poison poop honeydew is then pooped on the tree where the bees then come along. Ooh, that looks like nectar. It's got honey in the name. Will this work, Brad? Brad and his bee friends take this honeydew, remember, poison poop, back to the hive to be yacked up and turned into a $14 jar of honey called, and this is my favorite part, Doom Bloom from Philadelphia Bee Company. The Philadelphia Bee Company owner Don Shump said, quote, it's robust, it's smoky. We did a cheese pairing with all of our honeys and put it with blue cheese, and it was awesome. A biscuit pop-up called the Tall Poppy started putting Doom Bloom in with butter and then serving it on thick, decadent biscuits. It's very oaky, like oak barrel-y. It's very woodsy. It tastes like fall and wet leaves. It's like the epitome of autumn. Says direct quote from Sarah Thompson, co-owner of Tall Poppy Biscuit Pop-Up, which is a sentence that makes me almost miss living in the city. Almost. So babe, I'm bringing the city to us. Two jars of Doom Bloom are coming to the house. One regular, one hot doom. You are welcome. And if you would like to learn more about Doom Bloom Honey, you can go ahead to philadelphiabeat.com and go ahead and order some of that stuff. Support local businesses, eat this lanternfly poop. I'm sure it's great. I'll report back if I live. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> if there's no episode next week, I think you'll know why. All right. I think that's the end of the episode. <laughs> So thank you for joining me today on Bewilder Beasts. If you want more of this show, check out patreon.com slash bewilderbeasts. Bonus episodes for everyone at a dollar a month and extra goodies for those who want to support at a higher level. Thank you so much for supporting. If there are topics that you would be interested in hearing about on the podcast, know of any historical animals who have changed the world, animals who are presently helping people like Patron in Ukraine, or wacky animals in the news, other animals who are pooping and puking out delicious things that we eat, go ahead, send it in to bewilderbeastpod at gmail.com. Tweet at bewilderedpod, bewilderbeastpod on Facebook, and bewilderbeast on Instagram. I'm Melissa McHugh McGrath with Mutt Stuff Media and dog training in Southern Maine. Now go get curious. I got today's information from atlasobscura.com philadelphiabee.com. Go there if you want to look up this Doom Bloom honey or any of their other honey things. They look so good. They also have these cute little skull candles that are made from their bee honey. It is awesome. And no, babe, I did not buy 30 of them, although I was very tempted and I feel like I should get a thank you for not ordering 30 skull candles. <laughs> Billypen.com phillymag.com, extension.psu.edu, a YouTube video demonstrating pro tips and tricks on how to kill the SLF, the spotted lanternfly. That link will be in the show notes. And a Facebook group, because not all social media is horrible and terrible, although maybe it is. I don't know. 
But this particular group is called Spotting the Invasive Spotted Lanternfly, and it shows you how to kill the spotted lanternfly and how to report it on Facebook. Links, as always, are in the description of today's episode. Intro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Leibowitz. Interstitial music is by MK2. Additional music is provided by Pixabay and freesound.org. Don't forget to like and subscribe and review. And the best thing you can do is share with your curious friends. And remember that episode that I was on with For the Love of Nature, the topic was curiosity and nature and how nature impacted childhood. So if that is something of interest to you, go ahead and check out that episode. But all of their other episodes where they are talking to themselves and they have really great topics. They are a great team. They are really fun to listen to. Go listen to Katie and Laura for the love of nature. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to talk to you next week. If this honey thing goes well, (laughs) which I hope it does. Okay, bye. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.